Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Strange Crew Podcast. This is Evan Money, bringing you a little bit of an update about what's going on here today. Um, this obviously was a test episode that me and JC, the Blind Jedi, decided we wanted to put together. You'll get introduced to him a little bit later on. Um, obviously, you guys don't know who he is right now. Uh, we talked about it briefly on last week's show, on the Wednesday show, um, and... There was a little bit of audio issues that we had um, as far as like it just being a little bit too loud. We do pride ourselves here on the Strange Crew Podcast not doing any edits whatsoever. Um, so I had to tweak the audio just a tad bit. We're working a little bit now. Um, obviously, JC being new to the podcast, uh, working on getting his equipment set up just right uh, to bring you guys the best quality podcast that we possibly can bring. This is, again, this is just the test for Tuesday. Um, it was recorded last week, so that's why it sounds a little bit dated with calling out for the vague conspiracy from last week. Uh, please, again, tell us what you guys thought about last week's conspiracy. I thought it was a pretty crazy one. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the test for Tuesday. Um, and tune in next Tuesday and every Tuesday to hear uh, my brother, JC the Blind Jedi, give you some nerd nerdgasms. I guess is what you could say, but thank you for listening, and I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to what is, I don't even know what you want to call this. Uh, let's just call this um, the test for Tuesday. I like that. That sounds WWE pay-per-view. <laughs> the test for Tuesday. Yeah. Wow. All righty. And it's not even a pay-per-view now. They're called premium live events. Um, yeah, that's that's even worse. But let's go ahead and let's do the introduction and we'll see how everything works here on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll, uh, if you guys are hearing this, that means everything went well. If you guys aren't, well, then... Nobody, nobody heard this. <laughs> um, welcome back to the Strange Crew Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As always, I am here. I am your fear in your ear, Evan Money. Uh, as you guys can tell, there is a new uh, voice on the other side of the mic. There's a little bit of a laughter, and uh, we're happy to announce that he is going to be the one hosting our tuesday show uh we got jc the blind jedi my brother primes his father welcome to the show man well welcome uh strange crew podcast evan money my brother uh my son uh primes and uh welcome to everybody here uh it is great to be a part of the strange crew podcast i'm excited uh i'm gonna bring a little bit of fun to the tuesday to the tuesday podcast so i'm excited for this yeah. Um, so I, I think what uh, I think we were kind of discussing a little bit last night, um, kind of something that we we were going to we wanted to try out um, where I think what we're going to do for sure is uh, we'll get a little bit into more like your history and all that stuff uh, coming up soon. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Obviously, tune in tomorrow, guys. we got a vague conspiracies coming at you. With me and just Trevor, so, um, so yeah, so JC, we what do you want to talk about, man? What what the? Well, you know, uh, uh, to, to, for me, uh, this is uh, as far as the Strange Crew podcast is. I'm going to be bringing uh, a little bit more of a uh, a more of a, a let's just call it a nerd perspective. So I will be bringing up all the Star Wars and Marvel. Uh, you know what what's going to be out there um, but also uh, we wanted to get into professional wrestling something that you and I have been uh, we've been fans of ever since we were little kids our dad um, took us to go see these things uh, I mean I he took me back when during the territory days back when it was the all-star wrestling with Bob Geigel at, at, at Bartle Hall so and I know he took you to plenty of, of WWE slash WWF events throughout your life so um i thought we would get into what the current state of wrestling is and where it's at compared to where we were when 
we were watching it during the, what the late '90s, the Monday Night Wars, the heyday, the real big time. I mean, you, I think it was even bigger than the Hulk Hogan era. Yeah, um, you know, I we kind of briefly had talked about. I know Primes and I did, um, kind of where we kind of got started watching wrestling. Um, you know, I was I was lucky enough to have you as a brother who was into wrestling. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, coming around like right towards the end of like uh, like the cheesy uh, like early nineties was starting to kind of get phased out. Um, and I remember like my first big feud that I watched was watching the uh, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, um, like whole WrestleMania thing going on and watching Mike Tyson be there. And that was insane. Even, I, as, a, even as a little kid, I knew Mike Tyson was a big deal. Oh, and, and we all knew. And everybody knew, uh, even the competition knew that when you brought Mike Tyson in, that was going to bring eyes. And uh, that really put that really I, to me, that was what put wrestling back onto the map um, was that whole WWF WrestleMania where Mike Tyson was the uh, was a referee for that match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels. So, yes, yes, that's that was really a big time. And man, that carried all the way. I want to say up until. We were really hardcore watching it probably up until like they started reuniting DX um, with Shawn Michaels and, and Triple H in the early 40s. Um, yeah. I think that was where we, you know, um, <clears throat> uh, the, the early Dolph Ziggler gimmick. What was that one called? The, the Spirit Squad. There we yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. That's where we kind of like lost a, lost a little bit of like, nah, you know what? This is getting cheesy for us again. Um, yeah, and I think the I think the uh, the thing about it was was what I think a lot of people liked about the Attitude Era um, was the realness that you felt that you had um, because you did you stopped seeing gimmicks you stopped seeing you started seeing real live people um, no longer did you see Razor Ramon you saw Scott Hall you know you didn't see Diesel you saw Kevin Nash. Um, even Hulk Hogan who kept his Hulk Hogan persona became like this, a, a totally different uh, person almost right in front of you. Hollywood, um, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Gosh, yeah. That was something else to watch. Um, and he also made it, you know, I mean, he was, he was making it pretty good because he was on uh, one of the late night shows. Who, who was it that took over uh, after Carson? Um, he's still on there right now. The guy with a humongous chin. Uh, I remember he was on there. Um, Hogan's been able to get on TV anytime he wants to, really. I mean, he was doing a reality show on on, on VH1 for a while there. Um, so, I mean, just watching that evolution was fun, and then and then of course the Monday Night Wars made it just made it that much more fun. Yeah, we were. I mean, literally, we were watching one show and taping the other. Yeah, you're, you're definitely, we definitely, I, I think that's what, I think that's what the draw of the Attitude Era is, is because you got to saw, you got to see two major companies at the peak of their success, just battling back and forth every week. Every, every night was, you had to tune in and see who was going to do what. They were hot shotting everybody. Um. Especially, man, watching a Monday Night Raw, man, you'd start out and you'd have a promo with Austin and then you'd have a, a match with DX and then you'd, you'd sit there and you'd have The Undertaker come out and then Kane and then The Rock and you might close the show with like Triple H and, and, and Mankind beating each other up or something. I mean, just every, like you couldn't step away. But then you had to see what they were booking over on the other show. And that's what made it really exciting. Yeah, and that's what I think. I think that's where, because um, even shortly after, you know, because like we said, we had kind of started talking about like when we kind of slowed down on wrestling. Ironically, came at the time where, um, like, the UFC started gaining momentum. Oh yeah! Oh um, man! And it was just our, you know, you started seeing like the dumb gimmicks come back. Uh, you know, you brought up the Spirit Squad, like you know. Um, Hornswoggle being, you know, Vince McMahon's son and, um, 
you remember when they killed Vince McMahon off? <laughs> yeah. In horrible oh, taste. Oh no! Oh no! It was just terrible. And then he's back two weeks later. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, what was worse was what real life happened. Yeah. And then we had the horrific, horrific, most the most horrible thing I'd ever heard of that happened when Chris Benoit decided to kill his wife, son, and and himself all over the weekend, and that really, really left a sour taste in my mouth. And yeah. That's kind of, I mean, I mean, there was a lot of things that kind of moved in there, and I mean, we were running such a high, and it was the the company could do no wrong for so long, and then just things kind of fell apart, and like you said, uh, UFC was starting to gain momentum. Um, man, that was, I mean, that those first few years, that was really really fun to watch at UFC, and that's when you and I specifically really got into it. Um, Remember the Ultimate Fighter was was come you know the, the Ultimate Fighter was coming out around that time and we had to watch every week to see the Ultimate Fighter because every week there was a fight and every week there was somebody that you had to pay attention to. Yeah, and I think that was the uh, the big thing was that you had to you you had. <laughs> real life come about with the whole Benoit thing. Okay. Hopefully you didn't hear that. No, I didn't hear anything, but it did cut out. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. My alarm went off. Uh, you're, you're fine. You're fine. You can't face um, can you? Yeah. So okay. it's, it's all good. That's the part. That's the beauty of, that's the beauty of this show. It's the beauty of this show. Um, just reminded me, I got to get to work later on tonight. Um, no, so, uh, yeah, I, I, and I, I think with the ultimate fighter that came along, you saw, um, you got to see a little bit more like behind the scenes of, of how much these guys had to put in, like how much time and dedication it took to get into just the UFC. And even then it wasn't like a guaranteed success. Um, and then you had obviously the classic fight between Griffin and Stephen Bonner. Um, that was that really kind of took the took the whole world by storm and really pushed MMA into the mainstream. Yeah, um, uh, I mean, at a time before we had Twitter or or Instagram, people were getting on their phone and telling you, "Hey, you need to watch this fight." And yeah, that I mean, it was just through word of mouth that people turned over and watched that fight and it be, and, and it really became something. Um, but I, I, I really, at this point right here, this is a great transition to what happened to wrestling and where it's at today. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Um, and I, I mean, I would like to, I mean, I, I, I want to, I want to get, let you go for a hot minute here. I just want to say for me, where it lost me was again, was the, the you started coming back with the cheesy gimmicks. Um, you you started catering again to the, kid. um, the kids, and you, you there is a way to do that to where you can, but not everybody cater to kids. Yes, not everything has to be kid friendly. Yeah. Um. So for me. Uh, really, like I said, uh, you know, uh, about the time where we're sitting there watching DX uh, battle the Spirit Squad in a Hell in a Cell match, and I was like, oh, man, this is this is really getting cheesy now. Uh, and I kind of left. Um, but what made me really come back is uh, is is when they popped for um, our, our old um, days, when they brought Goldberg back to face Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. I want to say it was 2016. And you and I were living together and we had just decided to go ahead and order the WWE network and we already had it on and then we watched it and man, that was it. We were back into wrestling for a while. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it, I think what the, uh, what the network did was it allowed us to go back and relive uh, some of the greater shows that we missed. Um, and 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we we would go to a couple of live events um, that would always like are always a good time. But it it really started. I don't know. I think booking kind of just got stale. Um, they're pushing the same people over and over again. Um, this whole trope of, you know, I'm going to pull my finisher. I'm going to pull my finisher. We're both going to kick out of each other's finisher. Uh, yeah, that, that was rough. It it was rough. The matches, the, the matches really, really suffered. Um, and I'm not really sure what happened there. Um, they really got, they really got away from it. Um, and for, and I want to say for at least the last two years, anyway, at least starting with the lockdown of the pandemic in 2020, uh, when they went to, uh, where wrestling became an essential service in Florida, but you couldn't have crowds. So they were producing and showing, uh, empty arena matches, um, in, in Florida. And that was really where you started to see how bad it really, really was. Um, because you couldn't hide anything with camera tricks or or pumping in crowd noise or anything like that. And you really started to see, man, this is really looking bad. This is terrible. Uh, and I and honestly, uh, as far as as far as that goes, WWE has nobody to blame but Vince McMahon. And with with how crappy that was, that's what created AEW which is right now the WWE's biggest competitor. Yeah, and you know, I I wanted, you know, you you saw what they could have been with uh the early stages um well I say early stages, let's be very clear here with the uh <clears throat> the after they got out of the competition style booking NXT they started developing it as its own brand. Um, and you started seeing guys like, <clears throat> excuse me, like Seth Rollins um, start to go off the other side. Um, yeah. as far as like, um, when, you know, Kevin Owens came over and beat John Cena for the, you know, um, was it the US, US title. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you definitely got a sense of, um, like okay, these these guys on this lower tier are definitely um, need to be taken more seriously. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, it's like, holy crap! We start seeing guys like the Velveteen Dream, like uh, Shinsuke and and AJ Styles, you know, who were big in outside of you know outside promotions. Yes, but now they're becoming. Now it's you know now they're getting like a little bit more stage time. Um, yeah. They're getting still... American eyes on them, and, and yeah, and American eyes see which what what they really are. Um, yeah, I'm think, I'm, I'm a, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was about to say you know I I, I think like you know seeing like Adam Cole and uh, you know Ricochet and you know it's like you you see all these guys that again um, um, Americans didn't typically see. Uh huh. And you saw how great wrestling could be again. Yes. Yeah. Um, and which, uh, that's another thing I wanted to bring up is <clears throat> at that time, the NXT developmental was incredible. Um, because while we were watching the big guys, like we were watching the Brock Lesnar and the, and the Goldbergs on the main show, NXT was its own little program. And man, we were hooked on there. Um, Adam yeah. Cole, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish. Um, when those guys came in, the Undisputed Era, they really set the bar. Um, and, and you thought, well, these guys are kind of undersized. How are they going to fit out there? Especially when they had big old Drew McIntyre as the NXT champion at like six foot seven or something like that. Like, how are these little guys going to come over? And man, uh, you know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels knew what they were doing because they got them over. They got them over big time. Um, yeah, and they they didn't disappoint either. I think that was the thing is that, you know, um, <clears throat> despite having um, some some difficulties outside of the uh, outside of performing, you know, 
having a guy like Velveteen Dream was like, holy crap. You can have a guy with a cheesy gimmick and he puts on, you know, he puts on a, a he clinic puts inside the ring. Into, yeah, he puts everything into that into that cheesy gimmick and makes it work. And it was so fun to watch. It, it, it was, was so fun. I, 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 I must have, it must have been the same way that, the, that, you know, my dad felt watching, watching like, um, what's his name? Um, oh God. Uh, uh, what, uh, Gorgeous George. Seeing somebody yes. that flamboyant, that'd be like, oh my God, what is this guy doing in the ring? And just the mannerisms and the way he acted, it, it, it would, it, 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 here it is. 40, 50, 60 years later, and that same type of thing would still make it pop. You know, just you just have to have a good enough guy in there to sell that kind of a gimmick. And that was a great thing about it. Um, which is exciting for now for WWE. Um, if you remember your last podcast where you guys were talking about, uh oh, Vince McMahon is being investigated for a somewhat un, unusual consensual relationship with one of his employees and at the time and, and i i was the same way i was like ah, you know who cares if he's sleeping with somebody that he works with you know it's two consenting adults everything seems to be fine that turned out to not be the case <laughs> um you know yeah we didn't we didn't even like we didn't even circle back to that we kind of yeah. just had that episode and then we left it alone yeah, um, which uh, for a long time you really needed to because every week um, the stories were getting darker and more disturbing. Um, so apparently there's what some, uh, I want to say over $10 million in payoffs to specifically female uh, wrestling superstars from WWE uh, from somewhere between somewhere about where the time remember when wwe became a publicly traded company and he had that jet yeah okay around that time is when this is when these allegations started to come out um and literally everything calmed down and like i said and then uh around the time that he brought back john laurenitis back to wwe and then you started to hear the stories again and literally, uh, what has happened is, is that the owner of World Wrestling Entertainment, Vince McMahon, has left his own company. Um, I would like to say that he was forced out by the board of directors, but um, I'm pretty sure this was a mutual coming to understanding. I mean, Vince is, he's getting up there. To, he's almost 80 now, isn't he? He's 74, 75 years old now. Yeah. He's way, way up there. And he's been doing this for a while. His health is really starting to show. So, I mean, I could understand. Hey, it's time for new reigns. But uh, well, just why, be- why, why ruin something that you basically dedicated your life to? Um, step out now. And I think it, it kind of, you know, like get out of it while you can. Um Instead of it looking like, hey, I was forced out. Now you look like you're disgraced and it hurts the company. It hurts your family's future. Um, because, yeah, aside from AEW, they're the really the only business in town. Um, I mean, there, there are other smaller companies. And I'll, I'll get to those here in a few minutes. There's there's one I got to go off on after we deal with the, with the second biggest company. But the one thing that the one thing that everybody was like, okay, ew, I'm upset with Vince McMahon, but everybody was excited to see Triple H come in and take the reins. And that's what he's done. Uh, He's brought back a bunch of people from his NXT uh, roster. Um, He brought back Johnny Gargano. He he brought back Karrion Kross and Scarlett. Um, He brought back, uh, who's who's the other big guy that he... Uh, he brought back Hit Row, which I was not a big fan of, and I'm still not a big fan of. Um, but he's bringing back a lot of people, and he's he's really trying to bring back. If you watch the matches, you notice that the matches are better. The match quality is better. They're hitting harder. The they don't they're not taking 25 seconds to do 
uh, to do a second rope, uh, to do a top rope suplex that they're going to reverse and go into a double hurricane rana. Um, just crap like that. The matches are much harder hitting. They're much better scripted. They look real. And they're getting away from like the back slaps and the push off uh, into the rope types of type of situations. Things that would have never flown in the old days and things that really, really take away from, oh, this is fake wrestling I'm watching. I love the fact that I can still watch wrestling today and still believe the illusion. I can still believe the magic trick. And well, and I, and I, I want to point out real quick, too. I mean, like, um, I, you know, granted, I, I have kind of taken a step back from watching wrestling. I don't watch a whole lot of stuff anymore, except for our monthly UFC events. Um, yeah. A lot of it is highlights for me. I get a lot of highlights. Um, and uh, I have to say, even watching what I thought was going to be ridiculous was watching Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns. I thought this is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be stupid. It's going to look so. No, it was actually very well put together. Oh, it was I a lot it. better put together than I thought it was going to be. I, 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 I have, I have, and you know this. I have been the biggest critic of the Paul brothers. I, I do not like either one of them. I, I have abs. I am absolutely not a fan of the way that they, they that, that, that that they promote themselves. Having said that, Logan Paul is an athlete. Man, he looked like a main eventer. He put he he put he put like ninety percent of that AEW locker room to shame with that performance because that was a good that was a good match. That was a really that was really a good match, and it was it was believable because you knew he wasn't going to win. You knew Roman was going to beat his ass, but he, he looked like it just enough that he had a shot, and that was that's all you needed to suspend disbelief, and it was a good match. Just like Rey Mysterio back in the day versus like a really big guy who you knew was going to physically dominate him. Yeah. Rey gave you just enough of that belief that you were going to be like, he might, he might pull this off. Yes. Yes. Um, He just had a match with uh, Gunther on SmackDown. Uh, If you remember from our NXT UK, he was Walter. Uh, He just had one of those matches. And there was a couple of times you thought, oh, they might switch the belt. Um, you know, and that's that's the good thing about like like I said, this has been the good thing that Triple H has re has, has reintroduced. There's a lot of stuff that he has to redo. Um, man, he's, he's Ricochet was buried the moment he came up into the up to the main roster. Absolutely destroyed. And he has worked really hard to try and, and re- redeem him. Um, the, uh, he had uh, what I forget what his name is now. Uh, he used to he went by L.A. Knight and and, and David. They had him in, in, in the Maximum Male Model Squad. It was just terrible. They he left and now they got him just being himself. These are just the things that Triple H has to do. He has to re he has to revitalize some of the dumb gimmicks that were these guys were stuck in while Vince was busy playing grab ass in the legal department. Well, and I think that's the I think that's the other thing is that you would have a lot of thing like there was a lot of work that got put in by Triple H that you saw the success and the popularity of NXT that we came up on the rise. Like I said, there was a there was like a golden era of NXT where it was like I don't even want to watch main roster. Um, oh yeah, and the second you would see you know somebody big move up to the main roster, it, it was terrible. You know, it was they got overexposed. Um, you know, like underutilized. Yeah, like what what comes to mind is like what they did with Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, it it was you had a guy who benefited from being shown in a few matches once a month, very benefited from it because his his wrestling style didn't get old. Yes, and then you had uh, you know you you put him up on the main roster, and he's in main events. You know two or three times a month and then he's doing the pay-per-view and then it's like it's it's like sting okay you have this move set you hit your your big moves and then you get your crowd pops and that's it but it does become stale oh yeah oh absolutely uh and then when when vince was like oh you're stale guess what now you're down at the bottom of the card yeah 
now 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 you do it now you now we're gonna put put you with somebody that we don't that we don't ever see you with and you'll become a mixed tag team for a while um yeah uh, uh yeah that that was one of the things i hated uh the one that really comes to mind for me was ec3 yeah uh, he I, I remember remember they had that whole commercial where they were like we're bringing these people up and it was ec3 and Nikki Cross and uh, Eric Young and I forgot what they were called. Sanity, Sanity. Uh, that's what they were called. Yep. Bringing on, and then they brought up uh, Tucker and Otis. Remember, they were Heavy Machinery and Lacey Evans and Nikki Cross. Nobody, not a single person right there is is is, is has been was, was used effectively. Out of those out of those six people right now, I can't I can't like three of them I think aren't even in the business anymore, and. Uh, it's just like I said. This was the debacle of Vince McMahon, and this is why Triple H has had to do such a such a remodeling, such a such a rejuvenation with with half of the roster because they just these are good guys. They're great wrestlers. They know how to work. They know how to work the WWE style of match. But for some odd reason, like the carrying crossing, you remember they put him in like a gladiator mask. Yeah, it just it's just stupid. It was just stupid. It was like, what, Vince? Are you not even paying attention? Because I I guarantee you, he was more fixated on the in or on the paralegal that he was having a relationship at this time. Well, and yeah. I, I think that I think the thing that that you know you keep you keep jokingly, but it's a it's a that's a truthful joke. Um, his infatuation with women. It's also his infatuation with just huge guys. Ironically, if you're big. Doesn't matter whether you're slow or you know what, like you're a big, huge guy. He's like, oh man, that's another thing that gets Vince's rocks off is that great. Yeah, that's why he pushed the Ultimate Warrior to the moon, and the guy couldn't do a wrist lock to save his life. Well, yeah, I, I was about to say that. I, I know a lot of people. Um, I catch a lot of flack for this, but I know like a lot of people. Like when you start looking at it, like you know Kevin Nash, he he, he wasn't that good of a wrestler. Oh God, no! Kevin Nash had like four moves, and and they, um, uh, the Ultimate Warrior. You just said the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior is one. Hulk Hogan, even for the longest time. Yeah, he know, had three punches, a, a kick, and a, and, and a leg drop, and that was his big. That was his big setup. Yeah. Now I I I've I've heard that Hulk Hogan had was actually a a, a good like ring general when he was overseas, where it matters. And I think that's the big thing is that Vince looks at a guy um, who can do it all in the ring. And, you know, it's uh, it's funny that he's like, oh, Ricochet. This guy's exciting. Fuck this guy. I don't want to use him because he's yeah. small. He's small. Yeah. He's not six foot two. He's not 250 pounds. He's not beating girls up while he's taking the steroids. He's, he's not big enough for me. Um, yeah, and, and it's a it's that smaller size, then and I, I get it. I mean, I understand it's 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 hard to you know it, it's hard to put up Brock Lesnar up against somebody like AJ Styles. Um, but honestly, those two guys could make it work. Um, but that's the whole thing is that Vince was so preoccupied with the look. Um. I think he forgot the fact that if you have a good match in front of you, the people will be invested in it. Um, yeah. You know? Otherwise, we wouldn't have guys like Rey Mysterio. Um, you know, we wouldn't have the smaller size wrestler. But that's 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 the whole thing. Um, but that was where AEW could come in and steal the show because their guys were naturally smaller. They were indie guys. A lot of them were indie guys. But they were smaller, and they could have those indie matches that could go pop, 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 finish, fall, done, crowds jumping. And that was what, that was really the initial fun of AEW. Yeah, uh, they, they, they were pushing. You got to finally see what would happen if Ring of Honor got a big financial backing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's I, I loved it. Um, it took me a while to get used to it. It took me a, a few weeks to get to get into it. 
but then I started to watch because I was really interested. Um, uh, you know, uh, watching, you know, the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express getting, getting, you know, watching those new type of matches. Um, who are the other ones? The, 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 um, the Lucha Brothers, the Penta and, and Ray Phoenix and all that and watching Pac, Pac, whatever you call them. Um, those, those matches were, were getting over and I, I seem to remember the reminiscence of it. They were good. Um, but it was that way throughout the whole match and it just seemed, or that it was like that throughout the whole show. And you can build good programs off of those matches, but you can't have those matches as just your main event. Um, it, it seems to lose it. And that's where AEW started to grab all the guys from WWE that were unsatisfied, which I thought was an incredibly smart move. That was an incredibly smart move. If you'll remember that first pay-per-view between uh, Jericho and I believe it was Kenny Omega for the belt. And the first thing, and, and, the, and they ended the show, and here comes John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose from The Shield from WWE. That was big. That was big. That was incredible. That was intelligent. That was how, and you started to see that they were going to have a, a good main event scene. Yeah. And I, well, and, and, you know, to like, kind of like go in, which I, I, I know you're going to get there. Um, uh-huh. You saw, so I'm, I'm where you're going to go. I know is going to kind of get back to what, you know, like we're like the downfall to what you just brought up. Yeah. Is, um, but that right there just goes to show you because it, it was, you got to see a guy in John Moxley, AKA Dean Ambrose, um, who, you know, was very unhappy in WWE. Um, he was being booked horribly. Oh my God. Do you remember that whole thing where he was wearing a gas mask? Yeah, it was. Oh, that was just terrible. Um, and then they had him turn on Seth Rollins the night that uh, that Roman Reigns announces he has cancer. Yeah. I was just like, this, this is this is just horrible booking all the way around. You guys are really really screwing us up. But no, that was yeah. I will agree with you there. It was totally fine because now you got to see guys come over and they could show what they wanted to do with a much more open uh, environment. And you could see too, like in the in the instance of like. With uh, with Matt Hardy, you saw like he he left uh, WWE. He went and became broken. Matt Hardy and, and TNA and, and did all these great things in the Indies. Comes back to WWE and they try and do this woke Matt Hardy, which was a terrible flop. And then he goes over to AEW and continues to do what was so successful in the Indies. And it was like, man, this is so great because it went to show you that like WWE doesn't care what works. They want it their way. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And that was that that was a great thing is that guys had more uh, creative freedom over at AEW. And you can see that you could definitely see that not only in just the matches. But also in the promos and the the angles that they were that they were that they were doing, everything seemed to be a little bit more uh, interesting. It wasn't the same cookie cutter uh, stories that we were getting from the WWE. Um, but that all changed once they brought in um, their biggest draw to date, and that was CM Punk. Um, <laughs> uh, now. Were you you and I were pretty much out of the scene when CM Punk was making his big run, but yeah. I, yeah. the one person who was really into the wrestling was was my was my younger son, my youngest son. Now is Antonio. He was he was he he watched the pipe bomb live. Um, he he was a really big he was a really big fan during um, Brian Danielson when they called him Daniel Bryan during his run up there with AJ Lee and the CM Punk and, and Cena and everything like that. And he really remembered that. And I remember watching some of those things and watching the episodes and watching it, watching the last little bits of that with, with Antonio. And so I was excited to see CM Punk. 
Um, I'll never forget. I remember watching that episode where he came back. I think it was on like a rampage or something like that and just popped the ratings over like a million and a half, maybe two million people. It was incredible. And from there on out, I became a regular AEW watcher. I wanted to see what Punk was going to do uh, every week. And that was that was really, really exciting. Um, but uh, as I say, when it looks great on the, uh, you know, um, you, know, you don't ever want to polish the shine too much because you're going to find out what's underneath. And uh, we, we quickly found out what was underneath. <laughs> um, so for those of you who do not know, um, CM Punk had been at the company for about a year. Uh, they had put the title on him probably three months prior to uh, his year. Uh, and he had to go away for... Uh, uh, he had to go away for some surgery. And then when he came back, uh, he had a title match against the AEW champion, which was Hangman Adam Page. And uh, he won the he won the belt. And afterwards, they had a, a media scrum, a media, a, a media, sort of like a post-fight uh, media event like the UFC does uh, that Tony likes to do for his pay-per-views. And <laughs> CM Punk literally eviscerated AEW. Um, he called the uh, executive vice his executive vice producers, uh, Kenny Omega and the Bucks. He called them a bunch of uh, children, and, and they didn't have any talent. He uh, he he totally trashed uh, Hangman Hangman Adam Page. Uh, you know he he doesn't take he doesn't take advice. He's just he, he's not a good worker and everything like that. Um, and that he was trying to push him down. Um, this led to a very, very nasty, nasty, nasty brawl after uh, about 20 minutes of Punk just literally trashing AEW. And um, apparently Kenny Omega and the Bucks went into his room and Punk had invited them. He And he says in the media scrum, look, if you have a problem with me, come see me and we will settle this. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about me. Well, I know about you and me. That's an invitation for a fight. <laughs> Absolutely. That's an invitation for a fight. And so when the Bucks and Omega went to him, and by the way, they didn't just go. They took um, the Bucks have a the, the guy that comes out to the ring with him, Brandon Cutler. Kenny Omega has his guy that rubbed baby oil on him, Michael Nakazawa. And th th there was like seven, six, seven people that, that busted into Punk's lo uh, locker room. And so when Punk, they busted in, Punk just started swinging. Uh, he just started taking guys out left and right. Uh, knocked out one of the Bucks and started fighting with the other one. And apparently uh, Punk was the only one in there with, he was in there with uh, Ace Steel's um, wife who has who had a who was on crutches from a broken leg in a from a from a, a wrestling match that had gone bad uh, on the indies and so she was in there and apparently a steel runs in and tries to save his wife and so apparently a steel went crazy uh he hit somebody with the chair and apparently kenny omega tried to put him in a headlock and he bit him and when I say he bit him, he put like dog, he put like dog side teeth marks into the side of size of his arm. Uh, and after all that, everybody's suspended. Everybody is suspended. Punk suspended. The Bucks are suspended. Uh, Kenny Omega is suspended. Like three or four people who don't even uh, show up on AEW TV are suspended because it's that bad. Uh, and since then, the ratings have been terrible. The show has been off. Everything has just been lackluster. You can tell Tony doesn't know what to do because he's just booking and he, he's booking like crazy right now. It's the, the booking is very, very offset. It's very, very, it's very, very sporadic. And, and it's just not what it was when it started three years ago. It's not even what it was six months ago. Well, and I want to I want to say real quick too. I think um, I think what might confuse people who don't know, um, AEW was is the brainchild of basically a couple of indie guys coming together to start their own federation, and Tony Khan's just the backer. 
Oh yeah. Like, I, 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 I think I that's what, because I think, I think when, because like, you know, we, I understand that him not being able to book makes sense. He's not a, he's not a wrestling guy. He's not, no. a he's a, he's a rich guy who wanted to get involved. It's like the, the guy that did the black zillions, um, you know, Glenn Rod, uh, what was his name? Glenn, I think it was Glenn Robinson. Um, he, he wasn't, he wasn't a part of the scene. He doesn't know, um, he just happened to be someone of happened a to have the money and happened to be a fan. Yeah. Um, I think the, the downfall is that, you know, um, you're slowly starting to see like, okay, this is now starting to turn into, you know, WCW. Yeah. Really, WCW they, at the end. It literally the, the, the talent has the say. Yes, and that's the worst case scenario for you. Yeah, um, I, I I was never a fan of making the Bucks or Omega or Cody for that matter executive vice producers EVPs. I really thought that that it, it would strain the relationship for anything, and if anybody who has been a wrestling fan uh, for any length of time knows that the politics behind the camera are so much worse than anything you see on TV. Um, guys will cut other guys out. They will, I mean, guys will cut other guys out. They will talk behind their backs. They will trash them however they want to in order to make sure that they keep their spot or that they don't take a spot that, that's already that's already set up. And I think AEW exposed that really, really bad. You could tell um, after a while you you realized, you know what? The Bucks are wrestling the same guys all the time. Uh, yeah. you know, this guy's doing the same stuff. And by, and conversely, you saw there was a whole set of other guys in the locker that weren't doing the same thing. I mean, Punk was dealing with certain guys and he wasn't dealing with other guys. It wasn't until he crossed over and he had to and he had the match with Adam Page that things became a problem. Um, and I really think that there is a definite mindset where the indie guys do not want to be there with the established veterans because the established veterans can expose what's different about why they're why they went bigger than the indie guys did. Um, yeah, and I, I think you look too. I mean. You know, you talk about, um, you know, Miro, uh, a.k.a. Rusev. Oh, it was a botch job. It was it was the biggest somebody who who definitely had the skill set, had the aggression, the attitude. And um, if you watched any of his stuff on like Total Divas, which is, isn't a show that I watch, but, it, you know, I see like the highlights from him, like being on the show. Oh, yeah. He's got, he's got a great personality. Um, yeah and you see like they bring a guy like that over and they waste them yeah Um, they put him in what was it the 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 pink mickey mouse shirt and i'm the best guy man that was terrible and then they had this great time where they read where he he went away from all that and he was just this big old bruiser beating people up holding that tnt championship and that was great that was great, and now he's doing this thing where he blames God for everything, and I, I'm not sure. And it, it's just you can see that Tony has Tony was okay. I, honestly, we were talking about this playing an old playing the old WWF No Mercy video game on our Nintendo 64. This is Tony's life size version of the video game. Yeah. He's in career mode and he's he's just playing GM and yeah he's just throwing together matches and oh I'll make another tournament that'll be that's what people like uh, so I mean we've talked about WWE it's down but it's trying to make its way back up well we I about- think I think with I think with Triple H being there with what he did with NXT you see that the, there's hope there. Um, it's going to take a couple, I think it's going to take about a year to get all of Vince's storylines and messes up, mess ups out of the way. Um, I'm worried about AEW though. I am because I don't, I don't know how you write the ship. 
Uh, yeah, this, that, that's another thing I'm worried about too, because now we're getting reports that guys are trying to get out of their contracts at AEW in order to go back to WWE. They're like, well, now the Vince is gone. Now I got a better chance of trying to work with things with Triple H. Him and I were good. And that's that's a real big problem if guys are trying to break contracts. And, you know, that wouldn't be good at all. You well, know, I, think, I think, too, you'll also see guys like EC3 um, want to come back um, because he was managed very well by Triple H. You'll see a guy like MJF who will want to make a move. Um, hell, even, you know, Sammy Guevara, like, I mean, Triple H could do a lot with him too. Oh, he could do a lot with them. And that's, that's the whole thing is, is that with the WWE, they have a system and they have a developmental program so that if, if, if Triple H or if they see something that they don't want, they, they can, they can, they have a school to teach you and to, and to get you to, to where it's, it looks better in the ring. There's nothing like that at, at, at AEW. Um, you've got, it's obvious you've got two locker set or two uh, mindsets in the locker room. There's the guys that um, have their, have their move set and they're going to stick to it and they're, they're, they're going to like it. And then there's the guys who want to learn and want to, and want to, want to carry this on and, and things of that nature. And you're really noticing a real separation between those those two things, and it shows on the TV. It's just it, it really it's it's a real big cluster with AEW, and I and I am worried about it. And I and you're right. I don't know how to fix it. I honestly don't know how to fix it. Um, so I I am worried. Um, and you know, like you were saying before, what do you what where do you go to now if you don't go to WWE and you don't go to AEW? Well, at this point now, there's a decent amount of small independent, um, what we call ter- or what would have been the territories in my day. You know, we've got little independent uh, promotions now. Um, if you know, the NWA is still is still out there. The old NWA title that um, you saw Jeff Jarrett using in the first TNA years, and that old um, red, yellow, and green belt that Dusty and 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 uh, Ric Flair used to have, and everything like that. That's the old NWA title. Believe it or not, they're still around. Um, they are. Well, what's the word I want to look for? Um, Billy Corgan. Uh, he used to be uh, the singer for Smashing Pumpkins. He bought the company out, and they it, for for them, it's they will pick up everybody that they're not. Um, TNA had Matt Cardonas or Cardonas. Um, you remember Zack Ryder? Woo, woo, woo. If you yep. remember him. Yeah. He's, you know, you take away that stupid blonde hair or the, the, those stupid frosted tips gimmick off of him, and he looks like a pro wrestler. Um, the same thing with Jim Morrison, Johnny, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Elite, Johnny whatever you want to call him. Same thing. When you, when you had him there, he looks like a real wrestler, and, and NWA was doing really great. And that was up until well, was about two nights ago. They decided to put the belt on Tyrus. Um, if you remember Brodus Clay and the Funkadelics. Yep. Yeah, that's Brodus. Funkasaurus, yes. Yes, Brodus Clay, Tyrus. Um, but, of course, you know what he's doing right now full time? What? He is a regular commentator on Fox News. Hmm. Hmm. Now, Nothing against Fox News or would it, but I just, I have a big problem with you're going to put your most prestigious belt onto a guy who's a part timer, who's an ex jobber. At no point did you ever look at this guy and say, this is the guy who, 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 who Vince should push to the moon. Well, and yeah, you put your, you put your title on somebody who's going to be there. That was always the big knock. Um, on you know, putting the title on on Cena later on in his career, or putting um, it on Lesnar when he would when he didn't show up for like three or four pay per views in a row. Yeah, it it just it's such a weird thing. Um, you, you don't know, grow your brand by putting it on somebody to. And I guess somebody. maybe in their mind, they're thinking he gets a lot more TV time, which isn't wrong. Isn't wrong, but that you. <laughs> You don't have a whole lot of wrestling fans tuning into Fox News or any news outlet for that matter. 
So, and, and, um, and, and conversely, are you really going to have Fox News fans going on and doing a Google search for NWA wrestling to sit there hunched over their computer screen and watch a, a Tyrus match? Dude, the guy flops around like Jenny McCarthy. Uh, he is not graceful in the ring. He's not. I just. I, I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, not. There's a, fan. a there's a reason why he was a jobber. There's a reason yeah. why he was a jobber. There's a reason why he he did the five minutes and Naomi would come out there and 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 do dance routines and shit like that. So, yeah, yeah. I I've just um I, I I you know, and that's the state of wrestling that we're in today. That's where we're at today. Mm-hmm. We've got we we we've got YouTubers that can that can pull off a four or five star match in, 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 in a blood money country like Abu Dhabi and Saudi Arabia. And then we've got a, a dysfunctional wrestling program on the other channel where they, are, they can't get their stuff together. It, it, it really seems like junior high. It really yeah. seems like a junior high setup over there and the kids aren't getting along. And then the other option is, going and watching you know the smaller promote the smaller promotions on on computer or or going to a house show in the indies and everything like that and then you're just you're watching a spot you're just watching it's like you go it's like you're going to uh it's like you're going to a paid event just to watch somebody say hi how's it going and then they leave that's pretty i mean it's just this is where wrestling is and why it has fallen so far and why we pay more attention to the UFC than we do to wrestling today. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, well, folks, that's going to be it for us today. Um, again, if you guys are hearing this, then the test went great. Um, if you're not, well, then you'll never hear it. Um, JC, I want to thank you for, uh, stepping up and, uh, taking uh over the uh tuesday show we'll get a title for it though we'll get a title soon we'll, we'll brainstorm yeah we're, uh, we've been doing a lot of good brainstorming lately so we will get something together uh we we have a lot of good ideas um and uh if anybody has any any suggestions or anything or any comments or anything like that you want to hit us back on twitter or instagram at uh, strange crew productions and really that's going to be how we're, uh, we're going to set things up from from here on out. We're going to uh, produce what we're going to have a podcast on uh, every Wednesday, Thursday, and then I'm going to be taking over the Tuesdays, and then we're going to try and add on a Monday as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just Trevor's going to be uh, hitting up a. Uh, we don't know the frequency yet. We haven't sat down and decided on that yet. Um, I know he's got he's got a couple episodes already in the works. Um, that he's finishing up right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we, it may be every other Monday, maybe every Monday. Um, but he'll have a, a music history type show for you. Um, and then you'll get, you get JC, the blind Jedi on Tuesdays. Um, you know, with, uh, yeah. whatever, whatever he feels like talking about. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get a, we'll get a little bit of new stuff. Um, you know, uh, the great thing is, is there's always something happening in nerd culture for us to go through. So, um, you know, next week I might talk about the new black Panther movie, um, or, you know, I could go over Lord of the Rings and uh, the, the rings of power that were just on Amazon prime. Um, what else is coming up? Uh, there's a couple other things. So be checking out, uh, our podcast and be listening up. We're going to be doing a lot of more promotions, a lot of more things, uh, you're going to be hearing a lot more of us. So, yeah. So with that being said, folks, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, like he was saying, go check us out on all platforms. Just look for strange crew productions. Uh, you can also just look me up or look him up. Um, all my stuff is Evan money 33. Um, I'm pretty, uh, well, I, it still is out there as JC the Blind Jedi. Yeah, My old Jake. YouTube channel is still there, and you can still get a hold of me if you see one of the old videos. You can actually get a hold of me through that if you need to. So, yeah. Uh, see, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Um, no. This was great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you to Strange Crew uh, from deep here in the archives of the Jedi Temple. 
the blind Jedi is here and will be here every Tuesday day. All right. Sounds good. Well, tune in tomorrow. Make sure you guys check out tomorrow's episode. It's going to be a fun episode. We love you guys and we will see you guys in the next one.